Welcome to The Art of Mindset with your host, me, Brian LeSage. Before we begin this episode, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking time to support and listen to the show. It means the world to me, and I want to ask if you wouldn't also mind leaving a review if you haven't done so already. This show is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Podcasts, and this is how we spread this powerful message and the knowledge across the world. Finally, I'd love for you to share this podcast with anyone you believe that would benefit from it. Word of mouth is the best means for growing and expanding a podcast. And now, let's get into the show. Today's guest says in his own words, he's just a suburban kid with a dream. A dream to reach the moon. He has revolutionized networking in such a way that has allowed him to franchise and grow globally. Andrew Lopez is known for constructing the most powerful aspects of virtually networking to ever take hold on the internet. And this all started with him upping and moving across the world during a global pandemic. I'm so excited to have the chance to talk with him and for you all to hear how he did it, what he overcame, and where he plans to go. Andrew, as always, it's a pleasure and thanks so much for coming on the show. Brian, thanks, my friend. You know, it feels good, and I'm excited to be on this side of the uh, side of the fence. You know, I've been doing the host thing for a little while, and it feels good to be the guest. So, thank you for having me. Very excited, and I'm I'm, I'm stoked for this this new event you got. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. I know you're again usually on the other side asking the questions, so now we're kind of flipping the script. I kind of like to get the listeners to get a point of reference of going back in time, right? So again, in the episodes, we always like to say, where did you come from? Who were you? So my, my fun little activity here is let's turn back the wheel of time and figure out who Andrew was as a kid. Who was he on the playground? You know, it's a good question. It's, um, you know, I'm just another kid from a broken home, man. I divorced parents, typical story in the United States, as we know, and just moved a lot. You know, stepdad was in, was a CHP officer. So I, I moved up and down the state, you know, moving is, is easy. So moving countries like I've done now is, is nothing. Change has always been in my face, whether it's switching schools, switching houses, mom's house, dad's house step-grandparents' house. Like, it, it, it's a lot. But I am just, a, you know, another kid, as I say, just from a broken home. But I was always that suburban kid with a dream, right? Like, just always wanting to do something legendary, you know, as to quote one of my favorite shows, How I Met Your Mother and then Barney Stinson, but really always wanted to do something special. It never had to be anything specific. It just as long as I I could do that. I'm the oldest of us four kids. You know, my mom married twice, but um, I'm, I'm the oldest and always just that oldest syndrome of like, I got to be the first to do the cool stuff. I got to be the first to do it all. I'm the first trial kid. But um, yeah, going back to, to being a, a young boy in Northern California, um, Placer County, just outside of Sacramento, and then kind of being more a, a SoCal boy for most of my life. But yeah, just another kid trying to figure it all out, caught in the middle, but always stayed creative, always stayed just light on the feet and really, really just tried to chase whatever it was, whether it was soccer growing up, whether it was music, playing the guitar. That was my medicine, you know, in, in, in the dynamic that I was in. But um, yeah, just always trying to, to, to stay creative and, and, and have fun even though times were hard and times were very stressful. And even to this day, 29 years old, still trying to figure it out um, and, and loving every bit of it, even though I still have some moments 
before I go back to that eight-year-old self. Um, but yeah, all's good, my friend. I'm, I'm excited and handled some real, real stuff, you know, these last couple months, especially. But that was me, as I like to say, just a suburban kid with a dream who I still am to this day. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's like, again, just simple. I was a suburban kid, but with a big dream and you're making those dreams happen now. So you said that you had some creative outlets, I was playing the guitar. You said you were also keeping light on your feet were, uh, I guess a dancer maybe, or just having fun in that regard, not getting set on your foots or maybe flat footed, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. but I want to ask you growing up, I know I had influential people in my childhood, you know, who I looked up to. Was there anybody in your life that you kind of just looked at and was like, I want to have that, or I want to be like that person? You know, I had a few, I, because of my family dynamic was, was always so tough. It was, it was hard to, you know, my father was always so hard on me and my sister and it was difficult. You know, he never wanted us to do what we wanted. It was always what he wanted, but someone that I've looked to and I'll try and, cause I, if I talk about it too much, I'll get, I'll get emotional in a good way. But, um, my grandfather, my mom's side, you know, Bob Perry, uh, he's a barber. He's been a barber for 52 years. He actually will retire in a few weeks. And he, my grandparents have done really well. My, and they've had this barbershop in Northern California for, I got it in 1979. So yeah, 42 years they've had it. And my grandpa was a barber and, but he's always been a barber, has had three kids, you know, my aunt, my mother, the middle child, and then my uncle. And they've built just a phenomenal family system. And my grandpa has cut hair and my grandma had the back and she would do perms and all this stuff. And they ran a barbershop called Country Cutters in Rockland, California. And I've always, and again, I've always paid attention, but I always looked up to my grandfather because again, being a barber and and, and being very smart, very conservative, very just always taking care of the family that's around, no matter what you do in life. And again, I'm 29, still figuring it out. I'm not married. I don't have kids. But my grandfather always showed me, and I told him this very recently, actually, even though I kind of felt this as a, as a young kid, I always just said, my grandpa was always very happy. He played his golf in the evenings, you know, in his, in his men's league. He took very good care of my grandma and, and all of us grandkids and, and, and my mom and my aunt and uncle. And just as a barber, you know, as a guy who cuts hair, you know, he has his little front chair that he's always had. He's had people come and go and rent it out, but he's just lived this simple life and he's in his late seventies now. And he's finally hanging it up. You know, he never, these, especially the last you know 10 years, he wasn't really doing it for the money. It was more just as we joked in the family, like his old boys club, he has his friends come over and he had the golf channel on and he would have, you know, football on, on, on Monday nights and he would do his thing and they'd play poker in the back. And it was kind of just his thing, you know, his, his thing. So it was his career but to kind of close on that thought was just, I've always paid attention to him and he's been a huge role model in my life, especially to this day. And just always chasing whatever that is and always making sure that the ones closest to you, it's no matter what you do, no matter where you go, um, it's not necessarily what you do. It's kind of who you do it with. And my grandpa always proved that, that he has his family close and, and his friends and and life is complete. So probably my grandfather is, is the one who's been the most influential, especially now looking back, they've been, my grandparents have been huge supporters of me moving halfway across the world. And, but that right there, just a barber from San Francisco, California, my grandparents, and they, they're living it and they love it. And it's an amazing story. 
Yeah, that is an amazing story. Just the simple life of being a barber, doing it day in and day out, which that's a grind to survive on that. And then, but then to just keep everybody close in your family as well, that's really massive and speaks to testament of, again, what you said, how it's not how, who, how, what, what you do, but how you do it, right? And who you do it with. So I think that's really massive. And you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. The listeners might not know, but you moved across the world, if you will. Well, tell us about that. What were you do? You were in S- Southern California, and you just decide, you know, time, now's the time. The time is nigh. I got to go. What was that? Oh, man. I I never traveled, you know. I, again, just with the family dynamic and just always playing soccer six days a week, and I never traveled much across the country, never traveled internationally. I mean, went, went to Canada couple times and went to Mexico on a cruise, um, but never left kind of North America. And yeah, I've had this show on LinkedIn that's still going to this day. And it all just started to be the pandemic. It was my way to connect with people. You know, I long story short, my business, I was a videographer first and I've done everything around video. And I had to kind of reinvent the beginning of 2020, right? As we all did. And I just started pressing play on Zoom and I had a show called Reinvention Daily. And I didn't talk about COVID. I didn't talk about pandemic, but I talked about reinvention because we all had to reinvent in some way. And I just sat in my room in, in Southern California, Orange County, and I would just hit play and I would interview some close friends. And it kind of just through LinkedIn, you know, I post solely on LinkedIn even now. And I've just let the show kind of take it form and do its thing naturally and not put too much expectation. And it was in October of last year, uh, uh, 2020, actually now years changed. Um, my CPA of all people was like, Andrew, you got this show going, man. He's like, you got a franchise with a friend out in Denmark. You're about to start another franchise down in, uh, in Africa with reinvention daily. He's like, go. He's like, I know the world still might be kind of crazy, but like, you're young, you're 28. Like, what do you got to lose? He's like, we could figure out how to use it as travel, you know, rides to travel stuff off and just kind of go for it. So I left in April, 2021. Uh, I went to Scotland first. My sister lives in Edinburgh, goes to school there and she had an open room and she was like, Hey, if you want to come here first, you know, get used to it. And then, uh, so April to late July, I was in Scotland and then I came here to the Netherlands and I've been here since July. And, you know, next week I, I, um, will, will make my way back home. The chapter kind of has, has ended in, in, in a different way. Um, it's, it's all been good. You know, I've had some tough moments I can get into in a little bit, but, um, that's kind of just what sparked it. Just, I never had left, never really taken a big risk. I mean, taking a risk being a business owner at the end of 2019 is always a big risk. Right. But to then move halfway across the world, um, eight hours ahead, now nine hours ahead from home and just to be in a foreign country, it really, really changes you. It changed your mindset. I mean, I've, I've grown more in the last five months living in the Netherlands than I have in my entire 29 years of life, man. And it's just, it's been the greatest thing, even though it's been one of the most difficult things, a lot of isolation, a lot of um, loneliness. And, you know, I'm a lone wolf most times. I like to do things my own way and I like to do things differently, but I'm also very, very just collaborative and uh, energy with people. And I'm very, very social. And to have, to not have that really takes a toll on you. And I, you know, to make a reference to Bo Burnham and the the comedy special Inside, you know, I felt like Bo Burnham for the last five months and I've done some creative things and I've, I've changed my business and I've changed my own life. Um, 
But yeah, just to kind of go back to that conversation with Bruce, you know, my CPA, he just kind of said, go, man. He's like, you're 28. He's like, I'm 65. He's like, if I was 28 still, like I'd be going, just go see the world. And I really have seen the world. You know, yes, COVID's made some travel restrictions a little tough. And there's some places that I, I haven't been able to go yet that have been on the list. But again, this was a journey home. Home home is a place, right? But to me, home is the journey within. I've really gone home within. And yes, it took me to it took me to go halfway across the world to find that, but I've felt more at home, not even just geographically, just internally in this whole process. So that's been the biggest win, even though there's been some real hard times, some real loneliness, some real times of failure. But that journey home is something that I think we all are looking for. Um throughout our life. So that kind of sparked the whole the whole journey. And you know, you're catching me at the end of the at the European adventure, but um it's changed my life forever. And I I I now I'm going home. I thought it was gonna be a step back, but I now go home with my head high and with a new a new chapter to write. So yeah. that's that's the European adventure, wow. my friend all stemmed wow. from a LinkedIn show. <laughs> We're two hundred and seventy seven episodes deep um after nineteen months and uh, we're, we're pressing through. So I, I love it very much. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, just being able to just pull that trigger and move across the world. Uh, I can't imagine doing that, right? I can't imagine that mindset and just feeling that and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to kind of move everything. Uh, I at least have my sister to land into and, you know, Scotland for a little bit. And then I'm going to move again and I'm going to move to another country in the Netherlands and again, run a business amidst a COVID pand- or a pandemic, right? COVID, all the sorts. It's an incredible mindset shift there. So how were you or what would you even potentially say to people that are thinking about starting something or thinking about maybe pulling a trigger and doing something big like this that's going to be revolutionized, revolutionizing their life? How do you do it, right? What were your steps? How'd you do it? Uh, I mean, to quote Nike, you kind of just got to do it you know, whatever people feel about Nike, but I'm just saying like that phrase makes so much sense. Um, but you kind of just have to, you just have to do it. And I know it sounds so simple between us boys talking like this, but you just have to go for it. I, I packed a suitcase with half of it, had my sister's stuff in it cause she needed some stuff from home. Um, and I just had my backpack and a suitcase and I just, I just said, Hey, you know, I'll see what happens. Um, and again, you just kind of, I had some expectations, right? Like you kind of, you don't know, again, I've never traveled. I I went to this open, I was going to kind of do the whole process and and stay here for a couple of years and kind of just fully commit, but obviously, you know, it's some different things that have happened. And I just really, it was the first time in my life where I tried to live without expectation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know it's interesting to say like, Hey, don't have too much expectation when you go to a foreign country, but uh, this isn't my hood, you know, like, you know, going to the UK and yeah, they speak English and Edinburgh is a beautiful city. And, you know, I had my sister kind of show me around, but then coming here, you know, I had met people on LinkedIn, but uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in the Dutch hood, man. Like I don't, I can't expect people to roll my way because I'm American. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had to strip a lot of my Americanness coming out this way. And again, I've been able to connect with people online, but I think you just, you got to just go for it, whatever it is, whether it's starting a business, whether it's telling the girl you love her, whether it's, you just got to do it, right? You know, taking a chance. I think what I've come to notice looking back too on the same light is that a lot of us 
take chances on other things. We take a chance on that job. Oh, I'm going to take a chance on that job, you know, pay raise, or I'm going to take a chance on that person, that friendship or that relationship or that love interest. I'm going to take a chance on them. But too many people don't, excuse my French, but don't fucking take a chance on themselves. And I think that's one of the greatest things we can do in our life is take a chance on yourself. Push the chips in on yourself, not on that job, not on that person, not on that rumor. Like, push the chips in on yourself. And that's what that was, man. Leaving John Wayne Airport in April, I just was like, I'm pushing the chips in on this. And again, going back <laughs> next week, back home, like I'm pushing the chips in again in a different way. So it's just, again, I can't say that enough. Don't be afraid. And there's a lot of fear, yes, and there's a lot of things, but just take that chance on yourself for once. Again, I'm just a, I'm just a kid from a broken home. And at the end of the day, I'm just like everyone else. But I just want to prove to people that they can do that too. They can take that chance on themselves and do something great with it. So that if that if that answers the question, but literally yeah, just don't no, be afraid push. to take the chance on yourself. Because as hard as it's been, and I could get into tears about it, and I could go deeper with anyone who would want to know all the deep, deep stuff. But it's the greatest decision I ever made, man, by far. Yeah. Pushing the chips in on yourself. I love that. You know, going all in, betting on yourself. Might as well. No one can let yourself down, right? You got to believe in yourself in order to do that. And that takes massive action. So I, I love how you've also always done video. Was that something that you've just incorporated, always loving video, grow, grew up enjoying video? Where did the video capsule medium, as we say, come from? I think I've, you know, I didn't go to school for film. I didn't, you know, a lot of my really good friends are film majors and they laugh at me sometimes still because, you know, I don't got the aesthetic sometimes. But like, for me, I've always been into it. You know, as a kid, I, I wanted to be on ESPN. And I went to school for journalism and I did the, you know, I wrote the articles and I was, I went to Boise State and I wrote about the football team and the blue field and all the myths behind it and all the good stuff, right? But like, I always wanted to be on ESPN. You could catch me as a kid if I wasn't playing soccer, if I wasn't hanging out with my friends. And obviously, this is before iPhones. Like, this is before. There was a time I remember, you know, as a millennial, you know, born in 1992, where there was that time where we didn't have the phones, we didn't have the video games as much, where, like, I was watching ESPN. And I could mimic every pitcher in baseball's pitching motion, every batting stance. I could tell you anything about the NHL. Like, I was so glued to, like, the screen. And I was so fascinated with, like, the highlights and just video was always – it wasn't always movies and it wasn't always film. It was always sports and music videos. I would sit on Total Request Live, man, you know, with Carson Daly and watch the top 10 after school. Like, that shit was so cool, you know. Like, I was so into music, but I loved the motion and I loved the video. So, I've always, ha I've always been into it. But then kind of translating it into just my career, you know, working in IT in my mid-20s, I was always just trying to find a way to be different. Like I was always trying to find a way. Yeah, I went to the networking meetings and I went to the, the, the luncheons and I did the pass out the cards and the cold calling. And I was always like, man, how do I put my journalism degree to use? Like how do I do something I went to school for that I loved? And I'm out here talking about servers and switches and cybersecurity, which is all good stuff. But how do I like... So I started this show, funny enough, um, in 2018 called Partner Channel OC, and I would run around Orange County, California, and I have, would have my camera and my lights, and I would interview business owners after hours. And I would go after business owners that we would want to work with at our IT company. We're a small IT company, um, you know, helping people with their cybersecurity and their help desk and stuff like that. And 
I would just go around to the small law firms and the small business owners and the CPAs in town. And I would just say, Hey, you know, I'm just a kid with a camera. Like, can I interview you and ask you why you started your business? So I've, I've had a show and that was in person, you know, obviously well before COVID and all that kind of stuff, but I would go and, you know, traffic is so bad in, in Southern California and, you know, to wait out traffic, I would just go meet people at their office and kind of do that thing. So I just, I, I started there with video. I kind of was like, and again, I didn't have any idea about elevated shorts, my business or anything like that yet. I was just like, you know what, what if I just press play on the camera, have my buddy edit it. And I just kind of, I just, I get that expression. I've always been fascinated with human expression again, whether it be sounding off about the Lakers or sounding off about, you know, football or soccer or, or music. Like I've always been fascinated about expression. Expression is how we connect with each other. Um, no matter what language we speak, no matter what our background is, no matter where we're from in this world, connection is, is everything and how we express ourselves and how we share is, is, is the key, it's the core. So I, I, I did that same thing in 2018 with, with Partner Channel OC. I really just started asking those questions to business owners and it led to like deeper conversations where like, hey, actually I'm having problems with my computers, like send your engineer over, like, let's do this. So the guys that own the IT company at the time were like, what the hell did you come up with, man? I'm like, just put my journalism degree to use finally. Like I just, so I, video to me has always just been, again, I feel like you can capture the most emotion. You can get someone for who they are, their mannerisms, you know, the way that they talk, the way that they talk with their hands, you know, people even tuning into this can get a good glimpse of me, like just who I am and how expressive I am. And just by seeing me and hearing my voice. Um, so I've, I've always just, I've always led with that. Video is one of the greatest vessels for connection. I feel, especially in this day and age, it's how we can connect. It's how we can, converse it's how we can just collaborate it's it's a beautiful thing it's the greatest again vessel i think right now that we have is is video and in motion if you will yeah i love that yeah definitely with the video aspect of just you know again thinking about this and and trying to figure out i've created content in my own way and i kind of wonder how did you come up with the idea that you're going to do the business people? Like you're going to interview business owners around Orange County after hours. How did that come up? Because I would always ask people, you know, when you're on a plane or, you know, I was always kind of traveling with, I traveled a lot, you know, as a kid, you know, parents, most living in Southern California, my dad living in Northern California. Like I was always that chatter, chatty kid, you know, the chatterbox as my grandparents called me as a kid, you know, I was always curious. I was always asking questions. You know, that's why journalism made so much sense. But I, I was always fascinated with anyone that I met at a networking event. I was always curious about the why. And I'll be honest, this is before I knew who Simon Zenek was and, you know, the golden circle and, and his whole thing on why. I was always just so curious, you know, why did you start your business? You know, it's like, any business owner can answer that question. And it, the answer could change over the years, you know, and that, that's, that was the question I asked, why did you start your business? And like, what is it? Why? And like, how do you value partnership? Cause the show is called partner channel OC. And it was like questions that like, you just didn't ask on a sales call. You're always asking like, well, what's your budget? Or, you know, especially in the IT world, like, you know, what's your budget or, you know, what's your, this and this? like, it's questions everybody asks, but no one I knew that was around me was asking the why question. And again, it was a very, very different, very different approach to things, but I was always just that curious. And even to this day, I mean, I ask the same type of questions. What's the conversation you want to start? Who are you looking to connect with? Why do you do what you do? What's the value you bring to the table? Like those are the questions I ask when I meet people or I have on the show, because that, that allows me, those answers allow me to get to know someone pretty well. You don't have to know each other's favorite color and you know, things are different in the States. There's a lot more meetings that we have and relationship and rapport. And then you come to Europe and it's like a yes, no, 
you meet someone, no one cares. It's just like, oh no, that doesn't work for me. So call me later or let me send you my friend. It's like, so I've, I've now, you know, coming through this whole experience, it's like I've, I've fine tuned the business to kind of match both, you know, take both pieces of it. But, but again, I just, I was so curious with the why. I was so fascinated with, again, why someone decided to say, hey, I'm going to start my own HR company, you know, because we all have a reason. We all have a, a reason and a purpose and, 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 a, and a take on why we do something. And I just was the guy who, who asked. So that's kind of how that started. And it just kind of took off in a different way. And so that's where March 2020, you know, lockdown in, in California and across the world, that's where I was like, man, Partner Channel OC has been done for a couple months, but what if I just bring it back in a new name, but on Zoom? So I had the interview, I'd already interviewed 80 people, you know, from 2018 to the end of 2019, took the holidays off. And in 2020, I was like, all right. So I guess since 2018, I've technically interviewed over 350 people. If you throw a partner channel OC in there, like it's 350 people who've changed my life. You know, it's not just like 350 people like, Hey, I've interviewed 350. Like I'm trying to compete with, you know, Rogan or anybody like that, but it's more so just 350 people about who've changed my life, who've given me mindset, who've given me perspective, who, who have really influenced me. And I think that's what's so powerful. So yeah, I guess long story short, I was fascinated with the why and and why we do things. Yeah. I think why is a big question for a lot of us, you know, like figuring out why we do it, what do we want to do and what's the reason for why we do it, right? And a lot of people struggle with that. And there's a lot of people talking about find your why, find your passion. What does that mean? Well, I'm trying to simplify that, right? You had something that you loved video and you're like, how can I incorporate video with my overwhelming curiosity and then kind of mix the two. Some people are overwhelmed by video and I know video is a great medium to have now. How do we overcome that or how would you maybe encourage people that are struggling to get on video? Um, there's a, I think when it comes to video, the, the fear that I've noticed in people and even in myself is the vulnerability. There's a real vulnerability to like, especially now working from home, you know, you're in your home and you know, you might not have stuff cleaned up behind you or you're in your bedroom. Like you're, you're, you're pretty stripped down, you know, like when you really think about it, you can have a suit on and the jacket with the shorts on, you know, on the bottom, but like you're pretty bare bones. You know, I think that was the switch is we were all comfortable in our own homes. We were more productive, you know, the work from home folks and all the HR folks, you know, have, have that whole message where like, it's a good thing. But it's like we're, we're more, it's almost like we're more vulnerable because again, we're in a comfort of our own homes. And so I always just say when, when you're willing to share vulnerability, you don't have to go on here and spit all your problems out and say the stuff that, you know, all the hard times that you've had. But being willing to just press play on something and just be vulnerable and share yourself as a human being. And again, share your mannerisms, have people hear your voice changes things, man. It really changes things. And it really, I mean, most of the people, I'll be honest, out of the you know general 350 people, out of all the versions of the shows, most of them, it was their first experience being on some sort of video, sending it out, posting it on LinkedIn. And most people were like, hey, actually, once you get through this and you see like the responses that people give, it's pretty simple. So I always just say, no matter what you do, whether it's with your iPhone, whether it's with your 4K camera, whether it's with your Zoom camera, whatever it is, as long as you're just speaking honestly from the heart and you're just giving people that true human expression, that's what matters most. 
and again, my film school, my, you know, my hardcore video people's out there, yo, put the logo on it and this and this and that. And yeah, you might get some more views out of it. But to me, it's all about the expression. If we're trying to connect, we're trying to understand. I say this all the time where, you know, more people I feel are listening, paying attention and seeking to be understood. And especially that third one, we're all seeking to be understood. Uh, my great grandfather told me several years ago, um, in order to be interesting, you must first be interested. Mm. And that always stuck with me, right? We have to be interested in someone, something before we are now interesting ourselves. So I kind of just always try to understand people, um, especially with people all over the world, with the show and just everything I've done on LinkedIn, just really try to understand people. And again, I don't need to know their favorite color. I don't need to know their favorite ice cream. I don't need to know their favorite soccer team. Just understand again, who they're looking to connect with, the conversation that they want to have with the work that they do. Because to me, that's, that's golden information to open doors and, and like do good things for other people. Cause that's ultimately what we're all trying to do as well. Yeah. We got to make money and we got to have some profit in there, but it's, it's aligning that with which is being good human beings and, and connecting with each other. So it's, it's that seeking to be understood. And I think, again, the fear of video makes a lot of sense. I, even me, as much video as I've done, I still freak out if I have to do my own video and try and read off some sort of script or try and flow it. Like, because again, you're just, you're being vulnerable and my hair's not done. And like, you have those kind of thoughts, right? But in all honesty, it's really just, it's that when you're willing to put yourself out there, people really um, can see that and they really, really resonate with that. So that's why I say video is kind of a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hurdle, but once you jump over the hurdle, it's smooth sailing from there. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big thing that a lot of people can probably align with is just, and I love the saying that you always have is that true expression leads to true connection. I think that's really a lot of power, right? So if you're being vulnerable, you're being transparent, you're being kind of human, People are going to see that human nature in you. They're going to resonate with that and they're going to feel that, that, that humanness, right? And then, then we have deeper connection. Then we're actually letting down hurdles or maybe even walls at this point that we build up around ourselves to protect ourselves. And now we're actually connecting and really having a conversation that is going to be progressive and things are actually going to get done. And then the money comes later, right? So I think if we go back to those basic fundamental principles, like you're saying, let's express truly who we are, be vulnerable in a point, and then you'll have connection, you can figure out business model later, right? I think that's really, really important. You always have this overwhelming curiosity to you. Was that something that you had as a kid as well, that you just cared about how everything kind of worked? Yeah, you know, I, I was never an engineer or anything like that, but I was always curious and I'm curious to this day. I ask so many questions and because it, it keeps you on your toes, but it just, it, it, again, it's all, it's all back to that understanding. When you meet someone especially being an expat, you know, these last, last almost year, you could say, just trying to connect with people and, and understand who people are. Um, I know in Europe, it's a different type of culture where, you know, people, especially here in the Netherlands, people here are very, a lot more direct, a lot more pragmatic, which there's a charm to it. You know, we Americans tend to be a little excessive and I've, I've, I've pumped the brakes on the excessiveness. That's why I joke. And I, I, but I seriously mean like I've stripped a lot of my, Americanness, just in my everyday interactions and, and not been so expressive on things and overwhelm people. But I, I've always been curious. I've always been fascinated with just yeah, how things work and just conversation. Again, you can learn so much 
from someone, a stranger, someone on the train, you know, I know things are different now, obviously, you know, but, uh, yeah, curiosity has always just been, been something that I've just been fascinated with, you know, and, and why things work or how they happen, or just, again, when it comes to just human interaction, just, just really understanding someone. So yeah, I, I've always been curious and it's been something that I, I hope to always be curious moving forward. Yeah. And I think some people might even struggle with curiosity. I know I, I can't say I was one of those individuals. I always wonder how things operate and question regularly and maybe even have those those what we deem stupid questions. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, again, I don't think there is a stupid question when we're trying to figure and learn something out. And even if we're not familiar with it, asking those questions is really powerful. So if you could give some advice to maybe somebody that's struggling to re ignite that flame of curiosity. You know, I think all kids are innately curious as we come out and we're just like, how does the world operate? How does it work? And then society can kind of suppress that at some points in some people's lives. How do they reignite that? What would you say? I, mean, I think curiosity is, is a huge way, especially nowadays, how we learn. It's how we, again, to use my show as an example, to ask, we'll just take the Zoom versions. We'll take Reinvention Daily, which then I, you know, I ran for six seasons all through 2020. And then 2021, it was Elevated Conversations. Then I changed it to Elevated Networking. And I tried to regionalize it for Elevated Networking NL when I was here. Then I brought it back to Elevated Conversations. And then now it's the Expression Machine. Like I've tinkered with a bunch of, but the premise on all those versions, the premise was always the same. It was those same two questions. Essentially, what's the conversation that you want to start and who are you looking to connect with? And now it's, you know, what are you honestly aiming to achieve? It's how I've been able to learn. I've learned more, man, with those questions in these interactions on Zoom or just the, the lucky ones that I've gotten to have, you know, here in the Netherlands in person. I've gotten more out of that than I, than I got. You know, I don't upset nobody, but like, that I got at Boise State. Like, I loved Boise State, but like, I got more out of that. I've learned more as a business owner. And I've learned more as a foreigner living in a, you know, in an expat the last six months in the Netherlands than I have in, in a lot of different ways because I just, I've had to be curious, especially now. Like, again, being here in a foreign country, learning how, understanding how the train works. I've been on a train before. Like, yeah, a couple times randomly, but then you come here and you don't drive and a train is your everything and you just, platforms and different language. I mean, it, it, you sober up pretty quick, you know, and, and I think it's just when you're curious, you ask questions. A lot of us, I think we're, we're afraid to be curious because we think it makes us, you know, dumb or like we're, we're not as educated or we're not as well-known. Like, ah, oh, you got You got to ask, you know, again, I, I can't, I can't, you can't know everything, you know, you have to ask questions and you have to. So curiosity to me, when people struggle with curiosity, I mean, I don't light them up or anything like that. I just always say, hey, this is how I've been able to learn. It's how I've been able to connect. Curiosity, again, can also lead to connection. You know, when you ask the right questions and you just get people involved and it's also creativity. Curiosity really aligns with creativity and creativity is like, is what saved my life. Again, being in the middle of divorced parents and all the stresses of family, like a guitar or a skateboard or um, a soccer ball literally saved my life, right? The creativity of what you can do as a young kid and even the creativity to this day. And there's some things that I have just pulled out of my brain in these four walls where I've just been, man, how did I? But again, I've needed that. You know, when you're feeling alone or you're going through some, some things and you're really shaking hands with yourself and kind of going through that, that work inside, you got to be creative, you know? And so curiosity leads to creativity, which leads to kind of 
again, everything. So yeah, yeah. curiosity is, is if that, if that answers the question, but it's also like, again, I would just say it again on like curiosity leads to learning, learning more about others, learning more about the world, learning more about ourselves. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta ask questions. You gotta just wonder, you know, and if you're not taking the time to wonder, then you're not giving yourself that, that self care, you know, and that that's really important. And I, I daily practice those times of just stillness, if you will, to kind of just be aware and mindful of what's going on around me. And then questions start to arise and I might jot those down. Right. And that, I think that's really powerful and, and uh, you're overly optimistic about a lot and I love it. And I always love your energy. How did you develop or what does your daily practice look like for you that's kind of allowed you to be this way? <laughs> it's a good question. It's changed so much. Again, like, you know, we all have our routines and we all have our, um, you know, living back home in the States before I left. I uh, have a lot routine, right? I mean, I had my car. You drive so much in Southern California. You drive so much in the States. And it's like you just you have things that you do and processes and then you come out here and... I have somewhat of a routine, you know, I post my show every day and I have my zoom meetings, but like, I really have just kind of gone with it because to me, it's tougher to have a routine when you're in so much flux living in a, a new country and kind of figuring out some things and then it changes. And so I just, I don't know. I, I kind of just take every day. I used to be so future focused. You know, my father was always so curious for the future, like always everything was on the future five years from now. And, you know, 10 years from now, and fuck, I, mean, I lived so far in the future. Like I don't even, I even look to put on my left shoe sometimes, man. Cause I was so caught up in what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And over the last couple of years, and especially again, living out here in a foreign country, I kind of just take life day by day. Yeah. There's stuff on my calendar, right? We all have stuff on our calendars. We, we, we're, we're, we live by our outlook or our Google sometimes cause we have to, you know, we're business owners and we're doing what we got to do. And we have podcasts to record and, and, you know, meetings to have, but I try and just take time every day to, um, to just be, um, a good friend of mine, Melanie Pledger. Um, she's in the UK and she's a coach and has a program called DNA light up. And she talks about this whole thing about being versus doing. And I think when we get caught up in doing a to-do list, right, there's always things on a to-do list. And as soon as you see that to-do list, it's like, you freak out a little bit like, Oh my gosh, it's Thursday. And I was supposed to do it on Tuesday. And now it's Friday. And I have to check off all these boxes by the end of the week. And she simply just tells us Mel, she's like, if you just be, Again, not everything has to be, you don't, but there's certain, but like when we just focus more on just being today, I need to be this today. I need to be a show host because I have to film four episodes today. I need to be a video editor because I have four clients to edit videos for like today. I just need to be this instead of like, these are the 30 things I have to do this week. Cause I know for someone like me, that stresses me out when I, when I have a list, I mean, I take notes. I, I'm, I'm, I, I have lists everywhere, but when I have a list for myself, I like, these are the five things I need to do. Like, I mean, I have a list for, for today and some of them aren't crossed off yet because it's like, I've had other things come up and this and this and that, and we're recording this, but it's like, but I've needed to be other things in the morning. Again, I had to be something else instead of do these four things. So again, it's just really, really just understanding what works best for, for you or what works best for us and kind of just using that, you know, well, there's no one size fits all when it comes to 
a routine yeah, schedule, right? Like, I think that's what's tough is we try to put ourselves in something collective, but we're all, we're all different in a lot of ways and, and we got to do what's best for us. We got to work the way that, that we work. So in the whole thing, I think I really just have tried to, and it'll be interesting to go back home and kind of readjust to the American Southern California ways with my new mindset. But I think the same thing, I'm just going to really try and focus on just being and doing what I need to do as the days go instead of just, Oh my gosh, okay, I gotta, you know, I'm going home to my parents' house for a little bit, but like, I gotta, I gotta like, again, if you start thinking about it, like I did a month ago, like you start spiraling and going out there. So I just really take, take it as I can one step at a time and, and, and climb the ladder, you know, one rung at a time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's, uh, I really like the, to be versus right to do. I'm going to be, XYZ. I'm going to be a podcast host or I'm going to be an interviewee, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do uh, right now. Uh, That's my to to be. So that's really powerful. And I kind of want to change the motion now. We've seen you through this evolution. We've seen you take these steps. Southern uh, suburban kid with a big dream. Move across the world you're now there. Now we're coming home. What's the future look like? What are you excited about in these next chapters? Where do you plan to go? Um, I mean, I'm just excited to, I think to just be in my home, you know, first, like coming home, getting adjusted to the time zone, being with friends and family and just the support system. I think no matter what, again, as I said earlier, like I'm a lone wolf. I like to do things myself and I'm cool being independent, but no matter what, like I always had a support system. I always had close friends close by and like things I can bounce ideas off of. And when you don't have a strong support system, when you're somewhere else, it's tough. It can, it can break down. You can have all the money in the world or you can like, it can really break you down. So for me, it's like, I'm just excited to have my support system back, like immediate support system, like tangible. Um, but for me, it's just taking everything that I've learned, the changes that I've made to the business and, and the, the, the things that I've made things easier for my clients, but the easier for me um, with accessibility and everything, but also just to, to just the expectation. There's a lot of expectations that are off. And we Californians, we Americans have a lot of expectations, right? We have a lot of expectations at a very young age from our parents or our families or society or whatever the hell it is. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is I have ideas. I have some things I want to put in motion, you know, with elevated shorts and a couple other side things I want to build for myself going home. But in all the creativity and all the things that I've written down and put in my MacBook and my notes and like all the excitement, I still, Andrew, get home adjust, handle what you have to handle, and then let it happen as it happens. Because traditional me would would try to do all seven of these things at once coming home. Like, okay, I'm home. I got my friends. I got my family. I got some Mexican food in me. Like, I'm just going to go all in. Like, I, you know, I'll be 30 in May, man. Like, you know, it ain't that old, but like, I'm starting to really kind of understand like, yeah, you get a little bit older, you get a little bit wiser. Like, you don't got to bite off so much. You kind of just, you do what you're good at. And I think I'm someone who's really just tried to stay in my lane. Um, when we're younger and a little bit more nimble, I guess you could say, like we try and go into a lot of lanes and we just get excited. And, ah! So again, with everything that I'm doing, I mentioned with all this little side things, it's all based around video. It's all based around my shows. It's all in the same lane. But for me, it's like, I just, if I can focus on one thing and kind of just do one thing at a time and the lane can always get bigger, right? I mean, 
use a freeway analogy for us in the States. It's like, you know, the 405 freeway in Southern California. There's some sections where there's 10 lanes across, man. It's a big ass freeway and busiest freeway of the whole world, you know, they say, but it's like, you can stay in your lane and, and the lane can always get bigger. But as long as you're just going forward, I think that's, that's the most important thing. So I'm just, I'm excited to, to do all that, but to come home gracefully, but also to come home with less expectation because traditional me would have come home with all these expectations of like, okay, I did what I needed to do, but like now I gotta do all this shit. Like, nah, you gotta just, you gotta ease it. So that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most immediately. Um, and I just, same thing. I'll just take that, that mindset and that wisdom of being an expat and, and being in mainland Europe and just kind of take that back home in that light. So yeah, I think that's, again, just staying in your lane is massive. You know, we try to, again, as you said, as a kid, teenager, there's so many options and we feel like we need to take over the whole world at, the, at one point and can be overwhelming. And even people that are trying to find themselves as an innovator or be a leader or a creator or an entrepreneur, right? They're like, I can, I, I can start a million businesses. Well, what are you passionate about? Single it down. Do really good in one thing. And there's an audience for that. Trust me, there is. It's out there. You just have to find where they're at. But as soon as you figure out where you're at, then you can start to look for that group that resonates with that same mindset or that same topic that you're talking about. So I really, really actually love that. That That's powerful stuff. Andrew, we're coming to the closing of the show. And I again, I just want to, I always throw a couple questions. I always like to see what kind of advice would you give your previous self, maybe a teenager self, if you were to come in contact with him? What's one piece of advice you'd give yourself if you saw them? Um, there's a couple, you know, with, like I said, with my family dynamic, I'd probably go Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting and say, hey, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's probably what I would say, you know, on the personal side of mm -hmm. things. Um, but just in general, um, I, I would probably just say, give yourself a try. I'd put my hand on my own shoulder and I would just say, don't be afraid to give yourself a try. Just, mm -hmm. just do it. You have a lot of intuition, kid. You have a lot of good ideas. You have a lot of creativity. Just just do it. I've sat back on a lot of my creativity because I was afraid of it. I was afraid of my creativity. I was afraid of my curiosity. Uh, just give yourself a try, man. Push the chips in. Don't matter what age you are. Just do it. Um, that's what I would probably say to my you know teenage self. Other than again, you know, with the family dynamic and all the other stuff on a very personal, I would say it's not your fault, Andrew. But um, yeah, don't be afraid to give yourself a try and just believe in yourself a lot of people believe in me but i never believed in myself until much later um so if i would if i could have had that belief and trust in myself which is very difficult as a teenager right there's a lot going on but yeah i would just say get after it you know yeah belief is huge and i think it's the flame the flame if you will of basically passions and how you take action so having that confidence and really pushing that out there and that's a lot of things and hopefully people can, uh, can relate to that even now just wanting to take something and take action on that and be an entrepreneur or whatever it is just believe in yourself you can do it you know just go in try it out i'm a big uh book giver and I always figure, I always like to know if there's any books have that have been maybe revolutionized 
or have revolutionized your life? Uh, and if so, what are they? I always love hearing new recommendations for books that maybe change someone else's life. And if so, what are they? Uh, I'll be real honest and say I, I'm not a reader myself with my attention span and just everything. It's hard for me to read. And I know I, de- I need to get better at it. Um, but what my, my dad made us read as kids, it was kind of funny how he made us read this at a young age, but The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, um, yeah, my dad was all about saving cash at, you know, 11. <laughs> like, I laugh at it now, and, but that was a book that always could. I read it, you know, a year ago and it made so much more sense. You know, when you're 11 years old and then 17, like, dad, I'm trying to play soccer six days a week and go to college, man. Like, I don't give a shit about saving 10% of my allowance. What are you talking about? You know, like I just want to buy Skittles and I just want to go to the movies with my friends. Like what? So, but for me, again, I'm not a reader. And I'm not saying it's, it's just for me, I'm, I'm, I get the stimulation the, from conversations or from like podcast clips or like from film movie speeches. Um, Cause I'm so visual. I think that's the main thing is I am so visual. I put captions mm-hmm. on all my videos right at the bottom for the people that can read. But at the same time, like I get more out of just watching someone mannerism. So that's where on this one, I don't have a book, especially a recent one that I could, that I could recommend. Cause again, I, I'm not a, and I'll be vulnerable and I'll share it that I'm just, I'm not much of a reader myself, but I guess I would just say if anything, a book that I've read that was kind of, that has made an impact on me would be the richest man in Babylon. I'm drawing a blank. I think it's George Classen wrote it from like 1920. Like yeah, an old, an old classic for sure. Old classic. Yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. the financial folks out there, they 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 know what's going on. But, <laughs> yeah, um, the ones listening are like, yeah, no, I've come yeah, across of course, that once I guess in an immediate book, I, I feel bad that I don't I don't have one I could spit out because it's that's just not my my vessel traditionally. Yeah. And that's not a problem. And we all have our own ways of consuming information and kind of getting that. And that, that's completely fine. I think visuals are, are really powerful for a lot of people. Um, so, but I, I, again, I always appreciate you, Andrew, coming on the show. It's again, just been an honor just to see your journey. We've talked outside of even the show before and just connecting, uh, seeing your story of inspiration of coming out of su- Southern California, moving across the world, starting a business, and then really just pushing that envelope on connection and just saying, hey, look, we need to be vulnerable. We need to connect at the hearts. And again, I always appreciate our conversations. And thanks so much, Andrew, for coming on the show. Means the world, Brian. You know, again, I your enthusiasm, your time and trust is me. In, in, in me has meant the world. And I'll just close by simply saying, no matter it is what we're doing out there, as long as we're being honest in what we know, honest in what we don't know, but ultimately be honest in what we are trying to achieve. That's what matters most in this world. So again, thank you so much. Your enthusiasm, your time, your trust in me means the world. And I'm very grateful to be here with you. And that's this episode of The Art of Mindset with your host, Brian LeSage. I want to thank you for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. And as always, stay curious, keep expanding.